You are now listening to Halos in the Infield, an Angels baseball exclusive podcast. Hey, hey, welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. Fernando, ¿qué tal todos? And we have a special guest. Who is a special guest? That would be me, Steve <laughs> Granado. <laughs> From where? Sorry, sorry, Granado, if I got to go that route. There too. you go. Roll that R. Roll that R. Yeah. So, so where are you from, Mr. Granado? So you can introduce yourself to the fans here. If they don't already uh, know you. If they don't already know me. Well, we'll see. Uh, man, if you really want to know where I'm from, La Habra, California, uh, if you really want to go that far. That's not uh, where I'm at. I'm at Whittier. Okay, there you go. Yeah, running the same circles. La Habra High School, class okay. of 11. Um, yeah, no, I live out here in Anaheim, and I am the host of the Lockdown Angels podcast. Nice. Nice to have you. Yeah, man. Yeah, let's real quick on. talk about that. Well, you know, you said Lockdown Angels podcast. So what was the process like for you to, you know, is it like a job application situation? <laughs> How does all that work? Dude, I mean, I mean, we could really get into it. It was kind of a, a, a I wouldn't say a mess, but it was a long road to get to okay. it. I was actually when Taylor Blake Ward, I know a friend of yours, uh, a friend of mine, when he left, uh, he had threw my name in for that through Brent's name in and they eventually went with Brent, obviously. Brent McGuire, who, who just recently left uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, and then they immediately hit me up again. And we're like, hey, we'd like to talk and gauge your interest. And I was like, all right, well, let's chat. And then the whole process took like over a month uh, wow. because they, they were talking to me about a week before Brent was done. And that was when we first chatted. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And then just, you know, the legalities and contracts and all this annoying stuff the fun but stuff yeah the yeah the really exciting stuff that you come to a podcast to listen for <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. what took so long but yeah that's uh yeah i i was you know had to keep it under wraps for a while there for for about a month i was waiting to go through all that processing and i think a lot of it had to do pandemic related working from home related but uh yeah hey we're we're here and you know right right in the nick of time for the postseason <laughs> Did you do yeah. a lot of auditions for that or, or uh, do you have much competition or they were just, uh, it was like you said, legalities. So, well, actually, you know, I had covered for Taylor a couple of times. I had, you know, filled in for him a couple of years ago. He had me do things here and there for the show. You know, Taylor and I met back in 2014 um, online. And then I ended up covering for him at angel stadium back when I was like, Gosh, it was 2014. So I was like 21. Mm-hmm. I went and covered for him when he was out for a couple of days. I actually covered CJ Kron's um, uh, MLB debut. Uh, I was there writing for him for the now defunct Valley Bay News, if you remember that outlet. Um, but yeah, so so it was. Um, I completely lost track of your question, but yeah, it was. It wasn't a uh, a like tryout or anything like that. It was like, Oh, we know you've done it in the past. You're familiar with the format. You know, we know you do podcasting. We know you're play by play guy. So it, it kind of all just fell into place that way. And locked on is a pretty big uh, network. Cause I, I was listening to uh locked on Seahawks. I'm a Seahawks fan. So okay. like, uh, you know, they've got, you know, one for every team if people don't know. So it's a pretty good brand to be a part of. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I know it's one of the bigger names and, and I know the angels, uh, which is kind of surprising to me is actually one of the bigger locked on baseball podcasts mm. um, of, of all the other listeners. I know when Taylor was, was doing it, it was one of the bigger ones and Brent continued that trend. So I, I I'm glad to be a part of it. And the community has been pretty good to me so far already over the last, you know, week and a half or so. We definitely got the voice. So there's thanks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, speaking of the voice, you said you also do some play by play for a local high school. Is that correct? Yeah, I cover J. Sarah Catholic High School down here in San Juan Capistrano. Um, one of the best teams in the country, um, you know, just had a, a third rounder go to the Giants and Eric Silva. I and mean, he was ridiculous, you know, 97, 98 at the age of 18, um, oh, you know, and the Trinity League is, is a ridiculous gauntlet. I mean, Garrett Cole, uh, Cole Wynn, uh, you know, uh, Austin Hedges, uh, now Royce Lewis, and you know a bunch of other guys that are you know making waves right now. So yeah, I do play by play down there. It'll be my uh, this w- next spring would be my fifth year doing that. But you know I did a couple of years in the minors as well, some college ball. So I've kind of been all over the place. Did I hear that you've done something for the Sixty Sixers? Am I did I hear that correctly? Or I yeah I filled in for Steve Went um, 
you back up a little bit in 2015. That's when I met Steve. Uh, I was, you know, a senior at Cal State Fullerton and started working for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, then the high A affiliate of the Dodgers. We had Cody Bellinger, Alex Verdugo, Kyle Farmer, uh, you know, heck of a heck of a squad, 2015 Cal League champs. Um, so we rode that one all the way, but that's where I met Steve Wentz. And, uh, you know, we remained in contact since then. And, and he had to go out of town for a few days and, and I filled in for him, uh, on MILB TV. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. My only baseball is definitely something that, uh, that we really like here at our network. And I don't know if you're very familiar, but we've done, a, we've done a lot to try to help a lot of minor leaguers, obviously, you know, being the predicament they are with low pay and all that yes. stuff. We've had an opportunity to get our audience to put some money together and we, donated a catered sushi dinner to the 66ers and that's something we hope to do plenty of next year and that's awesome. something i know uh, uh you and your new role with locked on angels you said that you truly want to build a community so uh, maybe a, a big recognizes big if you will sure yeah no i mean i've been barking up the the minor league tree for years at this point um not only just for the player side but for the front office side as well be personally being in you know multiple front offices throughout the country it's uh there's a lot of problems in minor league baseball um, and, and the one baseball fix necessarily hasn't fixed all of baseball uh, like Rob Manfred really wanted, um, or at least in theory wanted. So, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we could talk. That could be a full two-hour conversation if we really wanted to get into that. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we, we summed it up when we were talking to Ty Butchery, uh, like with us, with what they got to talk about just this offseason, he's like, that's not even on the freaking radar. And nothing yeah. with the minor league systems on the radar. And that's the unfortunate thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you're starting to see waves with it, thankfully. You know, you know, Andrew McCutcheon was wearing the fair ball wristband and a couple yeah. other guys were wearing the fair ball wristband. So it, it's slowly moving. I mean, it would be an insane pipe dream to think that they're going to get a union out of this upcoming CBA. That's like not not going to happen. But I mean, if you look back, even just like three years ago, we are light years ahead. I mean, people, if you remember, you know, just the discourse on like Twitter about that they were like oh he's living the dream like was always the, the <laughs> talking point right everyone was like oh come on he gets to play baseball for a living it's like well he's not really making a living it's like you see yeah. the big numbers like you see that six million dollar first overall signing bonus but you forgot about the 28th rounder that is making nothing he's making 15 yeah. grand a year and not getting paid in the offseason so yeah, there's maybe one or two guys on the on the roster that maybe come close to that the rest are just getting paid uh, crumbs. So yeah. that's what yeah. we were talking about too. But I mean, at least now you're seeing either a few former players and like you said, a few major leaguers, the more <laughs> that, that can leak into the game, the more the, the game can't uh, ignore it. Basically. Yeah, it, it, it's coming. It's slow coming. It's way long overdue. Um, and again, the discourse is changing, which is like 99% of the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this off season, we have a, a round table plan with Buttry uh, Kyron Lovegrove, TBW is going to be coming on, and nice. we're going to try to, you know, talk about that whole situation. Because I mean, all we can do from content creators is keep the conversation going. Sure. Once the conversation dies, the momentum dies, and people essentially forget about it. But like you said, you know, there is progress being made. You know, three, five years ago, you know, we were sitting at the stands with that exact mentality: man, these guys are getting paid so much money. You know, little do you know that you know the hot dog that you throw away the last couple bites because you don't want anymore i guarantee you most of those players just might be starving or yeah. you know don't have the ability to buy a hot dog because they're stuck eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches well i think what know? the problem is too is is there's no uniformity uh, amongst the entirety of, of minor league baseball because you know like i said i worked for the dodgers and when i was there in 2015 they did a really good job with that kind of stuff they they fed them square meals every day they were like good. They brought in nutritionists like they were doing a really good job. And hey, you're seeing the fruits of the labor paying off there. Yep. Um, you know, a very yeah. small, small labor that they're doing. And, it's, you know, drop in the pan of, of what the Dodgers are, are you know, valued at, obviously. Um, but then you go to a different system. Um, and now defunct team in, in Oregon, I remember, was just abysmal. I mean, they were they were giving them, you know, the leftover hot dogs and burgers um in you know in, in what was a glorified high school field like a bad glorified high school field so you know it, it's a bummer that's 42 teams had to be cut you know in theory because of it um i wish you know fix the problem not just you know cut off the the, the beast at the head there um yeah. but again that conversation could go for an hour if you wanted to really Absolutely. really go into that yeah no, i grew up in bakersfield and oh, you know so blaze. i i, I 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I understand exactly what those crappy yeah. fields look like. I remember the players oh, yeah. complaining. They had to start games late because the field was facing where the sun set. Uh-huh. So you'd have to start games like at 830 or whatever. Yeah. Shout out the high desert Mavericks too, Adelanto at oh, uh, Stater brothers field. I think it was the name of that one. That one. I remember Cody Bellinger uh, in 2015 hit a home run out to right. That just looked like it should have been a pop-up the first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, like you said, we could talk about this all forever and maybe we're going to have you back on and we could talk minor league. Totally. I, so I have much stories there. forever. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, we'll, we'll note that. So, um, Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this 2021 season. Sure. So, actually, you know what? Before we get into that, real quick, what made you an Angels fan? You know, and I understand you'll look at people like, oh, well, my parents would take me to games, sure. blah, 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 blah. But what was the exact moment you could really sit down and think, like, okay, that moment, was it a walk-off? Was it anything crazy? What was it? Man, that's a question. That's a question and a half. I actually, when I was <laughs> born, uh, my, my mom's from L.A., and my dad's from Northeastern Arizona. Um, okay. And then they met in Long Beach. So LA kind of weirdly runs through my blood. And I, when I was really, really young, like diapers and like crawling was a Dodgers fan. Um, but don't remember. I mean, I was a baby baby, you know, like we were going to Dodger games, but my dad was so annoyed. You know, like I said, grew up in La Habra was so annoyed with trying to get to Dodger stadium um shocking getting in and out of it was such a pain that my dad said screw it let's start going to angels games and then that's when i flipped in like the tim sam sam salmon era right um you know garrett anderson tim salmon troy gloss that's kind of like the first guys i remember growing up um were those players so um you know the long of it is that forever i mean forever ever I've been a baseball kid. I mean, I was, I was throwing a ball before I could walk. Um, so I just absolutely, for whatever reason, adored the game from, I mean, birth. Um, and my dad actually hated baseball. Um, he was a big football and basketball guy. Um, okay. And so lo and behold, his kid becomes a baseball and hockey broadcaster. Uh, so <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it goes sometimes. But yeah, so once we started going to Angels games um, and, you know, those late 90s, you know, I was when I started playing baseball, I actually wasn't playing baseball. I was actually playing uh, girls softball. I was too young because I was so amped and ready to go. I, I was playing girls softball when I was four, um, but Little League wouldn't let you in until you turned five. Yeah. So I played a year of girls softball and we were the Angels in the outfield, um, you know, softball pick your own name obviously so we yeah. were the we were the angels in the outfield so if you look at you know my my little league picture my first picture when i was four years old my head's bigger than my body and you know big old plastic glove and i got the angels wing logo yeah. on the hat there you go um so yeah it's like a little those, george lopez <laughs> yes. you know like the, <laughs> exactly the little clips that's exactly the what i look like <laughs> yes 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 um but yeah, then we started going to Angels games um, and, you know, it kind of just took off from there. We started doing like the Little League days, you know, go walk around the rim of the track. And I think at that point I was probably sold. And I think what the big one for me was Benji Molina was the first like my first love, you know, like it was just, you know, for me was, uh, you know, I was a catcher. I was short. I was round and I was slow. And I was brown. So it just completely made sense that Benji Molina was my guy and, you know, how clutch he was and how, you know, I was never a big bat either. Um, So how perfect, you know, it was for, for me was I focused so much on my defense and so did he. So it just was a perfect Mary for me. And uh, I fell in love. Now, did you start doing those snap throws the first because of Molina? Oh yeah. I remember. (laughs) Yes. I remember the first time I ever called timeout in little league when I was a catcher, uh, I was probably like nine. I call like, you know, my pitcher walk, somebody was struggling to find the zone. And I call, I turn around and call timeout, which to every little league parent in the ballpark that day just was the funniest thing on the planet. And everyone was laughing. And I was like, why is, you know, what, like, I got to talk to my, like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just at that point, I already knew, you know, and it's probably honestly from watching Benji, just like his knowledge of the game and obviously having social around as a kid, um, you know, it was just, you know, the, the catcher blood just wouldn't stop running. <laughs> yeah. You emulate the people that you uh, look up to. That's for damn. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, young Fernando, uh, I mean, I grew up in San Diego, so 
you know, my dad was a Padres. So I never wanted to come up to Angels games because why? We have baseball here. Sure. You know, so, uh, you know, to me, the Angels were always that, you know, the sexy, you know, other person that you couldn't have. Uh, so, you know, naturally I, I became resentful, like the Padres. I'm like, I'm so tired of watching these guys. I want to watch the Angels. And, yeah. You know, so, so Angels like- in the outfield. So dad's like uh, Khalil Green, and you're like, nah, dude, Darren Erstad. <laughs> oh, no, I loved Khalil Green. You know, <laughs> right, I, I did like a lot of Padres. Like, you know, sure. Adrian Gonzalez was my favorite player growing okay. up. You know, I, I'm a Mexican myself. Right. So, you know, Adrian Gonzalez was, at the time, you know, that was kind of the guy putting out for Mexico. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So naturally, I found myself cheering for him. So, you know, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. Yeah, mariachi loco, man. You got to gotta ref his strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to come up with the pit bull. The, everybody get up. Levantate. There uh-huh. you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, now thanks for that little glimpse into what made Steven Angels fan. Sure. It's always, you know, those are always like the fun stories to hear because everybody has that story. And, you know, for some people, it's as boring as me. Oh, I watch Angels in the outfield nonstop. <laughs> and for some people, you know, there's a lot more to the story. I so. think I didn't like that movie, weirdly enough. Oh, oh I think when I was like, well, I was such you a hate the rally kid. monkey. Yeah, I do hate, hate the rally angels monkey. in the outfield. You hate yeah. calling all angels. I don't oh, yeah, hate yeah. calling. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't hate calling all angels. I think they need to change it. I think it's time for okay, something right, okay. new. I'm just tired of watching the same old thing, man. Okay, okay. let me give you a quick question because that's always grind my gears when it comes to that is like, look, (laughs) I I like calling all angels. I think uh, Roger Lodge overdoes it on AMA 30. That's just my opinion. Roger. Uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But when when it comes Exactly. We're like the anti-honks. But um, (laughs) I'll I'll send him your link later, Todd. I'll send him your link. Yeah, yeah. You got to let him hear that. No, but um, the the, the thing I, I have a big gripe with, and we were talking about this year, and I understand COVID played a role in it. But you were able to get a few guys in the broadcast booth to talk Angels history, and I thought that was genius. But you didn't have the players rolled out during the year to where, you know, you could see them, they could share their stories, or you honor them at a game, or you have a bobblehead of them, a shirt, something to educate the fans over 60 years. Now, I understand the 60 years haven't been golden, but you could have been teaching the younger fans about certain players that they missed over the years or that this team franchise, because to me, every time they show a commercial or you go to a ball club, like the, the best you can see from their history is the introductory uh, montage video yeah. but like when they were yeah. thanking the fans it was always rod carew you know you saw reggie jackson it's like those guys are part-time angels you yeah, missed out on full-timers yeah you missed out on a lot of players and i think that's where they dropped the ball this year and I'm, we're really hoping that they do something special with the uh, 20 year anniversary of the o2 team this upcoming season like bring in a second rally monkey. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> that's go. what we want. I don't know, man. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. I mean, we're coming up on lockdown angels, not to be super pluggy here, but like, we're going to actually no, gonna talk about the 60 year anniversary and, and grade it and see how the angels did. And, you know, I haven't, done that yet i haven't gotten to that episode i haven't written everything down and got my thoughts together yet on it but yeah uh a little lackluster they started out strong with that voiceover maddie v on opening day i was like oh this is gonna be great yeah um i remember when they did the 50 year anniversary that was pretty decent well yeah being decent they brought out out the hats and everything yeah. yeah, And then you had guys like Chuck Finley, uh, you know, sharing stories, which, sure. which I, you know, and they had Dean Chance when he was still alive and things like that. I mean, they really went a little bit, uh, you know, or they had a few guys inducted in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not uh, mistaken, that year to the Angels Hall of Fame. And so I think really- they, they didn't they inter- they uh, inducted the full 2002 team, I think. I, I think, think so. I think they did. That. that sounds right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they, they did a lot of good. And this year, like, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to sneak onto your show, if I was, I'd have to give it a D man. As far as, yeah. but, like you said, uh, started, started great, but tailed off. Didn't do the homework, you know, nah. missed some classes ditched and uh, yeah, finished with a D. Well, if Vaskirjian had stuck around, I bet you that would have been more of a thing. I think he would, yeah. he really cared about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole Darren Sutton situation. I don't know. I still don't know what the hell happened there. Um, we literally had him on our show two days before he got <laughs> fired. We hadn't even released the episode wow. and he got let go. Well, well, yeah, he didn't even know. know. He didn't even know that that was coming. No. It's such a he bizarre situation. He was totally situation. blindsided. And so he, weird. And it was weird because when he first started, a lot of fans were coming on our show saying, you know what? The guy's good, but he kind of talks too much. And then yeah. when, when, when it was about ready, when he was, literally we made that episode and it says hey uh introduce you know 
if you want to get to know Don Sutton, we had our, uh, we had a really good uh, or Darren Sutton, we had a really Darren good Sutton, inter- yeah. interview with him. We released it on the day it said he's been released. Oh my <laughs> and, god! And so many fans were like, "Dude, we were just starting to like him." <laughs> well, yeah. see, that's the thing though is like with I know the criticism was he talked too much, and for my money, that's kind of where my faults were too, because yeah. he was trying to do too much. Um, but uh, I think what happened too is we were so used to Victor who for years and years and years was silent. I mean, he, he, I mean, if you remember what, like 2014 to 2017, 2018, Victor wouldn't say a word for like a full at bat. Sometimes it was really, really quiet. And, you know, Victor and I've talked on numerous occasions and, you know, we, no, I wouldn't say we're friends, but like, uh, you know, we definitely know each other and, and, you know, he's always been extremely nice to me, but the last couple of years of Victor was amazing. He really, really got really good. Um, and turned into one of my favorite broadcasters, especially him and Gooby were working so well together. Um, and, you know, I understand, you know, with his home situation and, you know, wanting to be home and near his family. I mean, who would fault a guy for doing that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I of totally understand um, this game is grinding um, and exhausting and you, you, there are bigger priorities than baseball. Um, so, you know, I'll never fault him for doing what he does. But for us to go from victor every single night for 10 years Mm -hmm. to going to literal coin tosses sometimes it felt like i mean patrick o'neill called like what eight games has he ever even called a game before like never heard of that no it was bizarre and like you could hear it and i'm not gonna fault patrick o'neill i mean you get thrown into the middle of you know the fire and go all right call a game you never done it before good luck um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know his full background, but I have never seen him call a game. I've only ever seen him do pre and post for like Kings and and for the Angels. So, yeah, it was a it was a weird situation. And, you know, with the news that, you know, of a recording came out today with with Maddie V leaving ESPN. I'm curious yeah. to see how big of a role he takes next year and if he's here, like yeah. physically here, because sometimes yeah. that lag. Right. We know. Oh, know yeah. yeah. And it's notable. It's notable sometimes. And sometimes like his audio cut, too. <laughs> well, yeah. what's funny is a couple of times he's like, oh, my God, Otani got it. And it was like a lazy. Five it was like a two, yeah. Or or yeah. it'll be like two seconds later, like on that Walshy Homer in Seattle. Yeah. Right, that first one, that three run shot and that's ridiculous Saturday night game in Seattle, the Michaniger game. Yes. Yeah. We'll all probably learn to know. Remember it. <laughs> yeah. I remember it as the Michaniger game. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. It was like a full second or two behind. Um, it's because he's calling the game in New York. So that, I mean, that guy had to have been exhausted, man. Oh, yeah, he has to yeah. be exhausted because he's calling that game at like two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a great talent. I think the other thing we have to that we always overlook, or at least you know, I have until someone actually said it this uh, this year. A friend of mine was like, you know what? We have the Tony Romo of baseball broadcasting and Mark Gubazal. He makes yeah. everyone look so much better. He tees and, everybody up. Yeah, and, and the fact that he – the way he – like I used to like how Hudler would 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 sneak in and with Physioc and say, you know, this is – and he would get into like the real intricacies of a pitcher's pitch, his setup or something like that. Gooby does the same thing or he'll just jump ahead and he'll, he'll be like, you know what, I feel a split finger is going to come right here because yeah. he's going to go with his best out pitch. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this guy reads the game so good. I have learned so much from Mark Ubazaw. I've learned so much about pitch sequencing. Like I said, I was a catcher, so I'm a nut for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, man, I have learned so much from Gooby. Like, it's he is so smart, and he seems to get better every year somehow. So, like, yes. yeah. I'm excited for 2022, like, just to hear him. Like, how much better is he going to get? I think it's just, like, um, especially with Victor and him, it was that thing of, like, we are friends. Yes. And it's just us hanging out and we're just talking baseball yeah. and they were getting more and more comfortable. I noticed that with Victor, he was getting so much more comfortable and like, even like the dumb things where they're dressing up for seventies night yeah. and, you know, star Wars <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. night and the ducks and Kings night and those kinds yeah. of things like that. Uh, those were great, man. I, I'm, I miss Victor so much. <laughs> or, they, or he would, or Victor would make fun of his mullet days with a Royal. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I love Gooby too. I mean, uh, both those guys are just super, super nice, Victor. And I mean, still, when you see Gooby at the game, you could you can catch him and he'll take a picture with you, no matter what. Yeah. You say, hey, take a picture. And Victor was the same way. So yeah, it was definitely a loss, I think, for the organization losing out on Victor. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I feel again feel for Victor. Even you know, he was he was you know freelance mm-hmm. with Fox Sports West. Yeah. So when the pandemic hit last year, he was not making any money if it wasn't from Big Fly Gear. So that was that. I'm sure 
came into play as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what the broadcast situation is next year. Uh, obviously we are so far out, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious if they bring rich back. I do like rich. Um, I liked him when he was in Miami. I really liked him. I, I remember listening to him when, when Stanton hit that Homer out of Dodger stadium. Um, I'm going like, Oh man, who, this guy's great. Who is this guy? And then obviously during the, um, you know, the big uh, Jose Fernandez situation and all that, he was so good during all that. So I like rich. Um, you know, and I, I, Matt Vasquez is one of my favorite play plays in all of baseball. So, and in all sports. Um, yeah. so when, the, when he announced, I was like, Oh my God. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm like, Hey, where's Matt Vasquez? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like yeah. that thing where, where, where he, he disappeared for a few weeks and then out of, out of nowhere, he's calling a series with like Oakland. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) well that's the thing is like you turn on the tv like kind of to go back on an earlier point like you turn on the tv and you didn't know who was going to be on yeah that was a that's a problem for an organization right is because like if you turn on a dodgers game from 1901 to 2012 or whatever whatever the run was yeah you knew exactly who you were going to hear right you knew exactly and for 10 years we had that we knew exactly whose voice was going to be there we knew who's going to smile at us i mean that's like my mentality as a broadcaster always is like, Hey, we're hanging out and we're going to talk baseball just like we are right now. Like I don't, I don't change my voice. I'm talking just like I'm talking with you right now. Um, so that's, you know, you're welcoming somebody into your home and that's what Victor Rojas always did. And it was not, it was such a comforting thing. It's like, all right, we're going to eat dinner. We're going to turn on angels live and we're going to watch Alex Curry and Jose Modi Moda and, uh, and Gooby for a while. And then Victor's going to talk to us. And then Patrick O'Neill is going to come in. Like, it's just, you know, you, those comforts, those comforts. And that's, and that's the other thing. Curry's gone too. I know, you know, dude. I mean, good for her. I'm yeah, so happy for yeah. her. Yeah. She, uh, she got, she got her move. She, she, yeah. You got, and you, you can see that coming. Yeah. I saw that coming once when she started hosting, you know, filling in hosting on, on, on Fox. And then once she was doing the, the national women's soccer run yeah. Uh, yeah. in the yeah. world cup, I was like, we're losing Alex Curry, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, she's going to blow up for sure. She's yeah. going to continue to Good do for her, man. That's awesome. So Absolutely. Um, so no, your, your, mean, question now, was, your question was, how did I get into baseball, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, I love conversations like this because, as you said, you're just having a conversation with somebody who I've never met before. But because I've heard your other podcast, it feels like I'm talking to a friend. And it was the same yeah, thing yeah. when we had Taylor Blake Ward on. I heard him for years on a podcast. So when I was finally talking to him, it felt like I was talking, catching up with a friend. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's always fun to have these kind of conversations. Um, I don't know how much more time you have, but do you mind real quick hopping into the 2021 season? Sure, man. Yeah, let's let's talk. What do you need here? Okay. So your perception, you know, I know there's a lot, but what if you were to boil it down to one or two things, what's your perception on what went wrong this year? Well, I know the obvious one's going to be the injuries. So before you well, say that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say injuries, but I think that comes with a different angle. Um, you know, Perry Manazzi in a couple of days ago, you know, once the season ended, I think it was in the athletic with Sam Blum, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember exactly, but was talking about they're doing the, they're going to be doing their performance reviews here soon, right. Through every yep. nook and cranny. And there was some kind of, I wouldn't say weird, but there was something about the conversation that, you know, that skewed towards the training team, the strength and training team. Mm. Yeah, I think he was asked specifically about the about strength and conditioning, them. and he said that that was something that they were about to go through with yeah. the review process. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to where those conversations go because there's something there. Um, I'm not going to blame an ATC <clears throat> I, cause when I don't know. Well, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, but something's – I don't know, man. I, I don't Because, I mean, look at how well Shohei did, and he changed his regimen, right? He changed his regimen in the offseason for the first time. And look how well it paid off. I'm not going to say that that's a direct cause. He's a freak of nature. So obviously he's yeah. good still, but there's something to be said that, you know, good training leads to healthy season. Um, so maybe there is something there. I'm not going to blame them until we, you know, we hear anything of it, you know? Well, but I just still. real quick. Cause I, I want you to finish your point, but I got to break in. Cause I've been very vocal on our show about, about the training staff. Um, you know, like I said, we, we criticize where it's, where it's due. And we also praise where it's due. Uh, but I've looked at this training staff and the people they've had on it for years. And I've looked at other organizations and how they have gone to yoga instructors. They've gone to uh, premium nutritionalists. And it seems like their teams flourish and we're still like at the top 
every year with injuries or catastrophic ones or misdiagnosis of injuries like with trout where we think he's coming back in a, a month or so and it turns into the rest of the year but yeah. it's like it's i see a major red flag so the fact that that came out the other day I'm kind of, I mean, I never want to see heads roll or anything else like that, but maybe some change needs to be done because uh, we, we've we seen the song and dance happen too many times because me and Fernando were saying, dude, if this team could have been healthy, even with the, the lackluster pitching at times or lackluster hitting at times, they probably could have been right in the mix here at the end oh, of the easy, year. easy, yeah. right? I mean, even just Trout, just Trout. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're probably at least over 500. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's something to be said there. Uh, the the second thing, um, if I had to pick one, God, I don't even know. You, you asked me for two, so now I'm just trying to think on the spot of a second <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously there's many problems. You know, it, I think the main one is probably depth. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said it on Locked On Angels. We're not unique. Angels aren't yeah. some magic random team that just has bad luck. Everyone's hurt in every sport. Look at the Lakers last year. They were yeah. hurt like crazy at the end of the year. And look what happened. They couldn't get past Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even go back to 2014, Josh Hamilton didn't play for like the last month of the year and then got asked to, you know, bat third or fourth or whatever. I mean, that was like six years ago. Uh, the playoffs, was yeah. Asked, yeah. And, and he literally didn't have any rehab. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, injuries plague every team, but do you have the depth to back it up, especially in baseball? We don't. Well, what what was your looking at the season when it first started? What were you thinking would be a strength for the team moving forward? And were you surprised or shocked if it was or wasn't? Uh, defense was probably the one for sure. Uh, even factoring at Justin Upton and left every day in theory. Um, that was you know once you added Jose Iglesias, you're like okay, cool. So we didn't lose anything defensively up the middle. Great. Yeah. We lost a, maybe ten points off a of batting average in theory. In yeah, theory. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, with Trouty in center, you know, losing Cole Calhoun a few years ago, I still think that's a roving position and right. Uh, maybe that's a Joe Adele situation moving forward or maybe even moving, you know, Trout to left situation. I saw that being floated a little bit, which I don't know how I feel about that yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. And then, you know, in, in theory, again, with Albert at first, you know, Flatchy up the middle, you're going, OK, this defense. OK. And yeah. I don't think that was too bad. Iglesias wasn't, you know, his normal self. And hey, it happens. I get it. You know, they're not they're not yeah. robots. He's not a vacuum. Uh, he's going to drop it. Um, so I get it. And, you know, I, I think, too, what isn't talked about a ton is, you know, these guys were going through COVID protocols like crazy. Yeah. And and the scares of, you know, remember the Cardinals were all COVIDed and the Red Sox were. Yeah. And then we had a scare like a lot going on, man. Like I, I could barely like do my podcast sometimes <laughs> like yeah and they're trying to perform at the highest level so there's a lot a lot going on this year so i'm not gonna blame them and while you mentioned jose iglesias uh i i, I left the voicemail for you about iglesias but i forgot to leave my name so that was me who was asked you. like oh hey what was you know the biggest disappointing move this offseason you know that we thought was gonna pan out and coincidentally you also said jose iglesias i mean you know from flirting with 400 and being one of the league's most consistent defenders to sure. one of the almost leading the league in errors and yeah. being a, a barely above average hitter this year. Well, I didn't you expect know? them to hit 360. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> I was, I was still my brain going like, all right, 272. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah that's, that's what, what I was hoping at. for too, but he gave us a lot of false hope during spring training because sure. remember, if you remember plays, on Angels yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah. on Angels Twitter, it was all about Simba who, I mean, and I would yeah. be the first to eat crow on that. I, I was definitely like Simba who, and I love Andrew from Simmons. Yeah. But, just, uh, you know, it was just weird though, because you, you see Inglacius make these crazy, like dive plays, not even looking flips at the Fletcher, stuff like that, or, or, or just, you know, turn around, twirl, throws the first perfect. And you're like, man, that's the guy from Cincinnati and Baltimore. And you're like, that guy's great up the middle. He gets, he gets in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, and remember, then, there was already talks of like, all right, where, when's the extension? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but then, but yeah. then as the season would go along, you know, they'd have a bases loaded situation. Madden moves the infield and they hit a ground ball right to him. It's like, okay, throw home. And he overthrows a home plate or he lobs it. And you're yeah. like, the hell was that you know what yeah. I mean? like the simple plays he was missing and uh, it was really weird 
Yeah, I mean, all I could, we, we never 100% know is what's going on. Remember what was going on with Andleton at the end of 20, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you never know. You, you never know. And again, I'm never going to jump to a conclusion before, you know, I get all the information. So I'm happy that he landed in Boston. I'm happy that he was able to really completely turn it around. Good for him, man. Mm-hmm. And be it every day. Yeah. Too bad he couldn't, you know, move past that because of weird MLB rules, which I actually didn't even realize until it was pointed out to me. But yeah, I mean, good for him, man. I'm, I'm glad he was able to be just like Albert. He's yeah. able to go be a part of something, man. More power to you, man. Your career is short. Go live it up. I had a question real quick, though. As far as leadership for this team, me and Fernando talk about this all the time. It just there seems to be not a prominent leader on this team, with the exception of what we saw and only was told through uh, Fletcher. Jeff, We talked to Jeff Fletcher about uh, Alex Cobb. Yeah. Uh, but other than Cobb, I mean, I've been able to – and Fernando has two. You could point back to previous Angels teams and find a leader that led that team in the clubhouse that rallied the troops. We just didn't really see that too much outside of Cobb. You know what I mean? Like like there wasn't this like – you would think with all the young players on the team, someone would step up. Well, the, the, there's a lot of layers to my answer or my first initial thoughts. One, to go back to a conversation we were having earlier – it's usually your catcher, right? Usually your yep. catcher or your ace. That's just kind of the default guy you look at. Who is the Angels catcher next year? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so there's A. Yeah. B, I think when Albert left, that left, a, I mean, it felt like, I remember because I live here in Anaheim, right? So, mm-hmm. and on, I live off Catella, not to, I'm not going to say my address, but uh, <laughs> my social security number. No, the, uh, <laughs> but the, the the banners all albert's banners were still hanging for like four or five days after he left he would already he was already a dodger by the time they took him down um it felt weird the first couple days like i remember like just watching the games and like they didn't seem to really know what to say about it and the players didn't really know what to say i think we don't talk about that situation enough and how bad that was that was a that was a black plague on this team and yes jared walsh great year he did a great job (laughs) what he had to work with and and the slump that he had to go through and the way he turned it around at the end good for him but uh that's a stain on the organization that will never go away uh you know that may be one they want to sweep under the rug but it's it feels almost like to me it feels almost like a um, Buckner situation, where obviously different circumstance, but where it's like one day we're gonna have to invite Albert back and apologize kind of thing because that was awful how it ended. That was such a bad thing to do. I don't care how cordial it was. No, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't care if he's batting twenty. You let him go on his own terms and you let him have his goodbye tour like Kobe did, like LeBron will have, you know, like Anze Kopitar will have, like Dustin Brown will have, you know, how Timu Solani had, like it's the, they're legends. You let them go off this like next year, uh, almost said Benji, uh, Yadi Molina will have. Yeah. He will have his enough. Adam Wainwright will have his send off. Derek Jeter had his send off. Albert Bowles deserved that. And it was disgusting the way it would ended. And like, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to say, you know, I was an angels fan after that. So to answer your leadership question, there wasn't one because I think all those factors and with trout being hurt with Otani, you know, whatever language barrier, if you really want to get into that. Um, Stephen A. But, Smith would. Yeah. I, I don't even think that makes, uh, yeah. When we got on Steven about that because like, it's like um, he, we've heard him talk English. He can talk. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's just with the media, any international player, any player sure. somewhere else, they don't want to be, they consider it maybe a little weak or that their, their own people will make fun of them because they're talking English with an accent, broken English. It's much easier for them to talk. Like I have no problems with, with players talking Spanish with, with yeah. uh, having an interpreter. <laughs> if, if Even if we know they can talk perfect English yeah. or at least close to it, whatever they're comfortable with is whatever they're comfortable with. Sure. He's still a player that transcends to any country. People, people I mean, he, there's a reason why the Angels don't make the playoffs, but still the most watched team in, in all of Japan and in that in the, in the Asian countries because he's looked up to. That's why, and he's yeah he easily be the 
face of uh, the game. But well, too, yeah. I mean, let me clarify that a little bit. I think too, with a lot of it, the Shohei not being a leader, if you want to go into that, is more so too. Is like he hasn't really been Shohei Otani until now. Exactly. Right? Like he is now Shohei Otani. He was yeah. injured. He had Tommy John. He was, you know, shoulders <laughs> flying open and he couldn't hit low and outside. He couldn't hit down and in. Like he was like for me going into 2021, I was going, all right, bro, this is your chance. Yeah. Like if it doesn't work out now, it's time to shop. Like that's where my brain was at. And then obviously clearly I made to be look like a complete idiot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. that's where my brain was. At. I was like, yo, show, hey, 2021's it. Um, you've gotten the chances. You're healthy this time and they're letting you go. You better do it. And he did. And he so, did. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, did. he did it. So yeah, he will be a leader moving forward. Um, but I still think this is it's gotta be Trout's team, man. Like he has to take charge, right? Like it's it's his team. Yeah. It's it's been his team, especially now with Albert gone. It is definitely his team. I think it feels right. almost like a Roberto Clemente, right? Where it's like Roberto Clemente was kind of like in the shadow of mm-hmm. you know Willie Stargell and you know guys like that you know in his early years when he went to win a World Series and then the team struggled then he had to take over as that leadership role and then lead them to the second World Series so that that's where I feel Mike Trout will be eventually hopefully next year I, I definitely think that's why we started to get some of the comments that we did from Otani this year the ones that made all of you know the Angels fans yeah, freak out like he wants to leave here yeah so, because yeah. I mean at some point you gotta people people will naturally look up to you if you're producing, no matter who you are always so so and and they'll take the team will take on the personality of their leader, which is the guy who's hitting the most home runs, getting the most wins, things of that nature, so we're well, hoping and he's that, charismatic as hell, yeah, right? he is. Absolutely. yeah, so he's extremely likable, so yeah he gets he gets along with everybody because you've seen teams in the past where it's like you could see factions you know in the dugout even when when the game's being played, I think it's uh you know. With the Angels, you could see Otani talking to everybody. You know, sure. yeah. he transcends to everybody. So it's, it's absolutely, great. yeah. It feels it feels almost like Kobe talking to Luka Doncic, right? Like yeah, yeah. kind of like I'm gonna I'm gonna crap talk you there in your own language, kind of thing. Like <laughs> that feels like that where it's like Shohei somehow is gonna you know go up to a Dominican player and you know kind of screw with him in Dominican slang <laughs> or something like that. That feels like that would be on brand. <laughs> I agree. All right, uh, I guess last two closing questions that I have for you. Sure. Um, all right. So where does getting rid of the Justin Upton contract in his final year as an angel, well, I guess potentially final year, you never know what could happen, rank on the priority chart as far as this offseason for you? Is it near the top of the list of your Perry Minazzi, in your opinion, or is it like a secondary one? I have no problem with Justin Upton as us, dude. I mean, I think he's a cool guy. I feel he go to your leader conversation. It feels like he's a bit of a leader too. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the angels are going to do that. That being said, (laughs) that being said, I didn't think it was a smart signing from the first place. I know they, it was like, okay, we need to lock down a left fielder because we haven't had a left fielder since like JB Shuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know that that was the guy we're like, really, if we really want to talk about it, it's like Juan Rivera was like the real yeah, last yeah, he was. left fielder. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I don't think the angels are going to do that. I don't think that's even close to on their radar because there's no obvious answer. Right. Remember when, when, Trout was getting called up for real, not the September call up, but the for real call up. It was obvious that Bobby Abreu was done and it was obvious that the angels had the next guy ready. Mm -hmm. Marsh Adele. Are you sure? Yeah, we don't know yet. Sure. Can they play left? Are you sure? (laughs) So there's not an answer. So until there's an answer like Jared Walsh and Albert Pujols, that's when that'll happen. If it'll happen. So if, you know, Marshy or, or Joe start and, you know, back at Salt Lake, you know, let's say they have a rough spring or, you know, okay spring, and then they start back at Salt Lake and then they're batting 390 and they've been doing it for three weeks. And then, you know, Justin's on and off the aisle. I go, okay, it's time. So I think that that would happen that then that would make sense. As far as the money is concerned, uh, I don't want to get too far into this conversation. It would just drop in the pan, man. It's hot dogs for a day, you know. <laughs> it's hot yeah. dogs and, and helmet nachos for a day. Um, <laughs> so it, it wouldn't, as far as money, and you know, the, really the only reason any owner ever stops on money is because of the luxury tax, not because they don't have it. It's because of the luxury tax. Um, but so, it, if it were to happen, obviously, it would happen in the last year of a contract. It would be a dump. It would be a you know 
option situation or whatever contractually, however it works out. Um, but there would have to be an obvious replacement. Do the Angels sign something in the offseason to be that obvious replacement? We'll see. Um, they obviously have a tendency to go to position players um, and bats. Um, I don't. I don't have anybody off the top of my head. Chris Taylor. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I priority list for me. No, not until there's an answer. Not until there's an answer. I can't. I can't ask the question until there's an answer. All right. Well, my last question is um, obviously this season, we talked about this on the wrap up for our show on the season. The, you know, I went into this season thinking the offense would carry the team, the the batting, I mean, and the fact that, you know, it didn't, um, you know, it did in the first month or so, but it tailed off with injuries and things of that nature. But the pitching I thought was the biggest growth this season. How encouraged are you with all the young pitchers that came through either via bullpen or like Sandoval uh, and Suarez? Um, how and obviously the draft, how encouraged are you in this upcoming season now that it looks like we have actual options now? We, ha- we have a lot of players to look at and to have a uh, fighting for those last couple uh pitching spots in the rotation. Sure, uh, I will say the same thing I said on Lockdown Angels. I can't trust them as a number one or a number two. Mm-hmm. I am completely fine with Alex Cobb being your number four starter. Okay. Alex Cobb cannot start opening day. I'm exactly. sorry. Exactly. He just, it's just, you can't, if you want to compete in the AL West and ultimately in the MLB postseason, mm-hmm. Alex Cobb can't start game one of the world series. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I think you, you, you know, when you were on, you were on. And Dylan Bundy, when you were on last year, you were on. But the problem is the Angels for years, since Jared Weaver and his prime before he started throwing 87 mile an hour fastballs, the Angels haven't had an ace. I'm not saying anything that you don't already know. Garrett Richards in 14, kind of. He had a great year. Uh, CJ Wilson for like a year and a half. But you haven't had a bona fide ace. And that's what you need. Shohei Otani is just not going to be your bona fide ace. You can't expect him to be. That's yeah. not fair to put that on him. He can't hit 50 homers and pitch 220 innings. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm more optimistic than I was a year ago. I would say if Dylan Bundy had continued 2020 into 2021, I would feel better because that would mean, all right, sign Bundy to a three-year, four-year, whatever it is. Cool. I'm confident in that get Alex Cobb for a two or a three year. I feel confident in that. Those are my four and five starters now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Patrick Sandoval fight for number three. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then you go sign, you know, something and then you can make it happen, but you just can't rely on these guys to be your number one. And it's no, you know, you have to have a number three and number four, but your number threes and your number fours can't be your number ones. That's just how it is, man. In a three game set, you got to send your best Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's all the way down into college ball. It's all the way down into high school ball, man. Like it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. It doesn't change. Uh, it gets fancier and the numbers get longer and longer, but it's, it's the same thing, dude. It's just the game. You gotta, I mean, how, how many times are you going to say this? You got to get pitching. How many times are you going to say How many times are you going to say it? I mean, you need a big free agent splash. I don't care if it's Garrett Cole who can't make it out of the third inning in the AL card. He did it all year until he couldn't, you know, you can't sit here and tell me that the angels wouldn't have been better in 2021 with Garrett Cole. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that that was our biggest thing too. It was like, stop signing those, those, uh, those, those position players when you have an ACE out there that you can get, I mean, like, yeah, it's going to cost you something. Yeah. You're going to have to make a deal with the devil, AKA Boris, but um, you know, but if if you if you make the deal with him and, and get a pitcher because he seems to always have like even with Scherzer coming up now, you know he's a Boris yeah. dude, and yeah. if we could somehow get Scherzer over here because we've been advocating for that for the last two years too. Sure, um, that's just just an automatic ace. You like like you said, you you plug a guy in like that, you know you're gonna you know you're gonna win like fifteen to twenty games, have a sub three ERA or around there somewhere, uh, and just be a dominant pitcher. And where okay, you've lost a couple in a row, but Scherzer's got the next one. You know, we're going to yeah. flip it. So, yeah, you need that leader. You need that leader of the staff. The Angels just haven't had it. And, you know, it's again, no knock on the guys that are there right now. They're doing their best. No yeah. one's coming into the ball field looking to lose. No one's ever done that. Yeah, um, yeah. Unless you're the White Sox and the Black Sox. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's just not how it goes. And, you know, 
I'm I'm not not rooting for Reed Detmers to be the ace of the future. I'm He's not good. not rooting rooting for Griffin Canning. I am. I would love to see them shine, but you know, you need you need a guy. You need a guy at least. I mean, this is being generous. At least one. At yeah. least you yep. sign yeah. two if you can sign three. Because then Griffin Cannon's coming out of your pen. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. Yeah. Right? Now we're talking. Reed Detmers is your fifth through seventh guy. Now we're talking. Chris Rodriguez yeah. gets healthy. He's pitching the eighth. Reisel resigns. He's pitching. Now we're talking. Yeah, right? you now you don't yeah. have to worry about rebuilding the bullpen. If you just front load the staff that way, eventually like the Dodgers this year, when Kershaw goes down, if, you know, if Bueller goes down, if Urias goes down, if Gratterall goes down, you got guys to back it up. Okay. Griffin, you've been pitching out of the pen, long reliever all year. All right, Griff, you're our number two. There you go. Now I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. What I always say on our show is that you're only as strong as your weakest link. So, you know, if a guy like Alex Cobb is towards being considered one of your weakest links, you're not doing too bad. If Alex Cobb is near the top and he's somebody you view as almost an ace, well, then we're looking at a Hula Teheran situation. You know what I mean? Where they're just almost set up to let you down because you're expecting too much out of a guy who should be a number four, number five guy. So. Man, I forgot about Julio. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, so, I, I mean, he only pitched him. like what six times. He only pitched like six games or something. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, I was rooting yeah. for him. He didn't man. even make it the sixty-game season. So, yeah. Man, poor guy, poor guy. All right, last thing on the fly: Is twenty twenty-one Otani the exception to Shohei Otani, or will he be now be the rule of Shohei Otani? I'm not saying he's going to be doing this to the full extent every year, but will he be flirting with ten wins a year? Will he be flirting with 40 home runs a year and 90 RBIs. Dude. Oh my God. <laughs> that that's the question of the half. Absolutely. Man. Dude, I wish I could give you an answer. I don't know. <laughs> you think I'm supposed to know that? Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh God. Because I can't even imagine this happening again. Because I couldn't yeah. even imagine happening it this year. Like I said, yeah. I was going, all right, bro, you better figure it out. Like, do just be decent. That's where I was coming from. Like, just be mm-hmm. decent this year in the middle of the order. Cool. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. This like, how how does anyone know anything about this guy? It doesn't make any because it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. I, I guess I'm basically, you know, it's almost like asking, you know, like when a new director produces a hit movie that just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he yeah. didn't come out of nowhere because we expected him to be good. And 18, yeah. we saw a glimpse of it. But then we saw, you know, two pretty bad years, lackluster years, yeah. almost left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And then we see this year where this is better. This is better than we expected. I mean, let's be honest. I know we, in our wildest dreams, we would have hoped for this. But who would have bet money that we would have seen this out of Otani this year? I mean, you, you'd be crazy if you legitimately no. would have put a dollar on this. Well, you know, look, I mean, here's, here's the other thing to think about. And I'll leave you. This will be the last part of this here from okay. me. These are all major league baseball players. Even the worst one is a million times better than any one of us. Right. And they have been playing the game their entire life and they have dedicated their entire lives to this game. Any single one of them has the ability to go off at any time, any place. That's why Jack Mayfield randomly gets hot. That's (laughs) why when uh, Frank Schwindel when when Anthony Rizzo leaves Chicago, Frank Schwindel just goes nuts. That yeah. can happen at any point for any player anywhere. It's yeah. really ridiculous how how much that can happen. And you'll yeah. never see it coming. It can happen to the guys who have the and it can happen the opposite direction, right? You're Brandon Woods of the world, you're Dallas McPherson's, you're Rob Quinlan's of the world. Yeah. Right. You're Pujols after a couple of years of being right? an angel. Right? Mm-hmm. That happens. It sucks. It's because this game sucks sometimes. It's hard, yeah. man. But sometimes that's why just, I love it. That's why I that's why we love it. it. That's why we love yeah. it. Right. But yeah, it can happen at any point for any player. Chris Taylor. You know, there's your yeah. answer right there. Chris Taylor in exchange for Zach Lee and a player to be named later. What? Yeah. Just yeah. hit the biggest home run of his life. <laughs> so it's like it can happen at any time. So roundabout way. 
Sure. Shohei does it again okay. next year. I'm, I'll be the glass half full. <laughs> Shohei, Shohei hits 65. Why not? His inner <laughs> halo honk just came out, folks. I, just, yeah. I, was, just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that. Somewhere Roger's <laughs> yeah. smiling. Yeah, right. As soon as you were like talking about like any player can go off, I immediately thought about like Carlos Perez hitting the uh go the go-ahead home run or walk-off home run, his first at bat, and yep. then quickly faded into irrelevance as an angel. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy Perez. how it happens. Not yeah. that Salvador Perez was bad before, but where did that come from? Yeah, you <laughs> immediately turned into like one of the best home run hitters in the game this year. Yeah, Johnny Giavatella had like a great two months at one point, right? And I, I love, I always yeah. love Johnny G, but like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And even they can't yeah. explain it. Even they're like, I don't know, dude. It's a beach ball right now. I don't know. But hey, that's sports, and that's why we love it. If sports were predictable, none of us would watch it. Yeah. Frank yeah. Schwindel, look yeah. him up. Yeah. You probably, I bet a lot of people watching this right now, no idea who that is. He just hit. Even like for me, it's not doing anything. He just hit like 360 in September or something. Greatest fantasy pickup I had this year. He sounds oh, like a he sounds like a car salesman in Chicago. Hey, oh, the cars look, up, look up look up his picture. <laughs> okay. Look up his what picture. Is it? Frank is it? Schwindel. So Frank S C H W I N D E L. Oh, there he is. That yeah. is exactly the kind of guy who I expected <laughs> to be go. at an enterprise. You know, asking if you want the damage waiver. Then click baseball reference and you'll have a field day for the next two hours. This is really ridiculous. Well, I mean, 1030 at night is a perfect time to go through this wormhole. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, There's, my gosh. 371 on base. Percentage. <laughs> there you go. Oh, good times. All best, right. Steve, best, well, best baseball player you've never heard of. Exactly. Hey, yeah, there you go. Those are always fun to add to the list. That's an offseason topic I think we could all do for hours oh, yeah. and episodes and episodes. All oh, right. Yeah. Speaking of episodes and hours and hours. Where can our fans find you? Yeah, Locked On Angels. Pretty simple. It's right over my head. I don't know if this is a video. Yeah, I or, yeah I, I've know. been looking at it the entire time. I yeah, like yeah. how you have all three. There, there's all my podcasts. Uh, so it's right there. Perfect <laughs> advertising. Movies I should have watched. Locked On Angels and our game. Our game's done. But, you know, it's a thing that exists. It can always be listened to. Uh, but, yeah, Locked On Angels. You can follow me, too, at Steve Granato. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm I've SEO'd my name, stevegranado.com, at stevegranado on everything. You can find me. My phone number's everywhere. It's not hard to find. (laughs) But not your social security, right? You didn't put that on there. Uh, A couple of mistakes. (laughs) That was his phone number. Uh, (laughs) He changed it purposely. uh Well, hopefully we can have you back on. It'd be awesome to do an episode about our game. As a fellow Latino myself, I absolutely love the eight-part series. Love the Dodgers episode. Actually, yeah, he was, was going to do an episode where he covered that. And I was like, you need to listen to this guy's podcast. And he immediately destroyed that video. He was like, well, <laughs> this video is not good enough. This guy blew me out of the water. My bad. Thanks, man. Sorry, Thank sorry, you, man. though. Yeah, that was that episode was a lot of fun, dude. That was a, a lot of sadness, but a lot oh, of yeah. fun, too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a good job. That was yeah, the you, thing my dad used to rib other Dodger fans about. They're like, what are you talking about? And my dad's like, let me tell you something. The only reason you're here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only reason you came here and you're not in like Wyoming right now, bro, is. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was that was an emotional journey for sure. The whole thing. Uh, not even just that one episode. I mean, got the, the Roberto Clemente episode. I, I hadn't cried like that since Kobe died, dude. I was I I spent like two weeks just fully diving into Roberto Clemente and then just. I was reading the final script and then just it's like a waterfall. It was ridiculous, but yeah, our well, games everywhere. Well, real quick about Clemente. Uh, if I can get one last question in, uh, we had a, um, we were talking about baseball and there was, uh, we were, uh, we were talking Jackie Robinson and then a Latino fan came on and said, Hey, what about how come they don't um, retire Clemente's number? Do you feel that that's something that should be done for, for baseball because of everything that he's done, what he means to the game? I mean, I know they have the Roberto Clemente award, but do you think his number should be retired? I think it should. Uh, one, plain and simple. There's just really no reason why it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is a conversation to have. I'll make it brief. <laughs> um, but the the thing that to understand is not you cannot equate Jackie and Roberto. There's just no oh, yeah, way yeah. you yeah. can. Oh, yeah, like I just think everyone needs to understand that that is just not the way to go about it. And what I fear in retiring his number, and I don't think this is what MLB's thinking is, but my thinking is, is in retiring his number, it equates them a little bit. Oh, um, I see. I see. 
I don't think that's what they're thinking. Um, but yeah, yeah for, from my standpoint, maybe that might be. And, and they are two different people mm-hmm. who went through two very different things that had similarities, right? There's, there's a, uh, what's, I can't think of the word, the two circles in the middle, um, whatever one of the uh, Venn diagram, there's a Venn diagram Venn in diagram. the middle. Yeah. Geometry, 10th <laughs> grade. Um, but there, there's a Venn diagram there of the things that they went together and separately and the civil rights movement, but the Latin experience and the black experience are different in baseball. Yes. He was an Afro Latino and they definitely crossed over. Um, but there is a much deeper, darker, not darker, deeper and dark, I should say, history behind the Latin experience of baseball. And that's kind of what our game is all about. There you go. Button it up nice and pretty at the top. There you go. He wraps it in. So if you haven't heard, check out his podcast because he'll it's get everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully yes. we can do this again. Sure. Uh, we appreciate it. It was, like I said, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for being so cool about everything and being flexible with us. And it was a real pleasure. Yeah, for sure, guys. Enjoy the off season, Max Scherzer or something. You know, yes, sign, sign yeah. or something. I don't know. We're keeping our fingers something. crossed. Don't worry, Trevor Story signs to a hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> I literally, I literally texted that my friend today. Uh, well, I texted uh, Corey Seager five years, hundred and ten. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there you go. Uh, after he dropped that ball in the first inning of the wild card game, like, All right, Corey Seager five years, hundred and ten. <laughs> yeah, right. Already oh, just looking at his chops. Ready there it is. Writing it down. <laughs> He's all. Yeah, how do you spell Seager again? Yeah, <laughs> like Kyle or Corey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's gonna go for Corey and get the wrong one. Yeah, uh, he was all right too. All right. <laughs> Stays in the West. Yeah. Uh, I can see Angel's Twitter already, but can he pitch? Yeah, but can he pitch? There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, thanks again for coming on. This has been Halos in the Infield uh, podcast. And, uh, again, if you're looking for Steve, look for uh, Locked On Angels, and you will find him there. So have a good night, everybody. See ya.